Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Series 2 of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales and mindfulness coach, trainer, consultant, and speaker. I work with corporate sales teams and leaders, along with startup business owners passionate about what they do, but wanting to up their sales game. My main mission is helping us all become more mindful of how we elevate our performance, perspective, and potential. If you want to know more, then look me up on LinkedIn. Chris Hatfield, always happy to chat. So if you're new to Not Another Sales Podcast, here's what to expect. It's aimed at giving you insights into how you can be successful within the world of sales, whether that's your career or your own business. We go deeper into the thought process and mindset needed for success when selling and when running a business, not just the skills and output. So if you're looking for a podcast with a difference that starts with the mind in mind, this is for you. So enough about me, let's get started. On today's episode, I'm joined by startup growth advisor, speaker, and CEO and founder at Excelity Marketing, Jackie Hermes. And on this episode, Jackie and I are going to be talking all about handling rejection in business and knockbacks, how to handle those lost deals and those knockbacks on the way to success, the perception is always easy at the top or on the way up, and Jackie's going to be sharing her perspective of what it was like starting out in her career versus now, some of the things she's changed but also accepted along the way. So if you, like everyone, are handling rejections, handling knockbacks in an unproductive way and maybe dwelling on things and thinking you could shift your perspective, this episode is for you. So tune in. Let's go. Jackie, welcome. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Yeah, I'm really well. Thank you. Really well. Thank you for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Yes, I'm happy to be back again. I yeah. think that was years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, a, probably a couple of years, two years ago now. You were, um, Crazy. <laughs> you were part of the first series, which is, consisted of about 85 episodes. A couple of times, actually. I think you you featured on the public speaking one as well, as well yeah. as I was talking about niching. So, um, yeah, great to have you back and, um, you know, one of the reasons why, one of the many reasons, was the, the kind of content you're continuing to share on LinkedIn and and what you're talking about, I feel, is very relevant and, and relatable to a lot of people and it's very honest. Uh, I don't yeah, think there's any, but like, there's pure authenticity throughout. <laughs> Thank you. I try. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jackie, for, for people who might not be too familiar with you, um, which probably aren't that many these days, um, it would be great to give them uh, a bit of an overview into your background and who you are, first of all. Yeah. So I own Excelity, which is a marketing agency that works with B2B software startups. And what we do is work with them to really figure out how they should be spending their money and how they can grow. So we put sales and marketing processes in place that help them get to revenue and grow faster. And our team is at, I want to say 17 now. We are, it's changing very rapidly. So it's an exciting time for us. Great. Great. And I'd love to dive into a bit more, particularly um, what you've been doing recently with the forums to, to chat a bit about that as well. But I suppose what I, when I was uh, thinking about having you back on and, and one of the things that I wanted to get your thoughts on and experience as well is that I've been talking with a couple of guests recently on their their perception of failure, but I suppose I'd love to dive in and, and get your insights and ideas and examples on handling perceived knockbacks and, and how you've managed them throughout your career, throughout running your business to where it is now. So I yeah. suppose, first of all, 
What's your perception on knockbacks and how you see them when you do get that that no or that objection or something that you weren't expecting? Well, I mean, it's changed over time, right? I remember when I started my professional career, which was what, probably 15 years ago now, mm-hmm. every little challenge was a big deal, you know, because it's like when you get started, you feel like you're working really hard and it can be easy to take things very personally when mm-hmm. people say no or when they challenge what you're doing or say what you're doing isn't worth it. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people told me I was insane when I became an entrepreneur, when I started my first business, when I started this one. Um, but it kind of, I don't want to say you harden over time, but you kind of do, right? Like you get you get more used to it and you're more realistic, I guess, about what may happen. So like in sales, I've been selling now for years. We're in year seven of my agency. I just brought a professional sales team on maybe nine months ago, and I'm still really in the game with sales. And I remember when I started, I would think every single deal was going to close, right? Like I was always like thinking every single time I sent out a proposal, they were going to say yes. And I always felt really good about the proposals I was putting out. Now, I think I'm just, like I said, a little bit more realistic about what the result may be. And so I can kind of curb my expectations a bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And are there any particular ones that stand out earlier in your career around knockbacks and and what you, I suppose, have learned from them or carry through from them as to how you dealt with them at the time or how you look at them now? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I did not have a ton of support when I was starting my business. My first company actually, so an agency uh, is a company that you build on your own skills. And if you can sell your own skills, you have a company, right? So Mm -hmm. scaling an agency is hard, but starting an agency is not difficult. Um, My first company was a cookie business, which I didn't cook. I didn't have any clue about what you needed to do for licensing and production distribution. That was a a lot to learn. And I would say just a bigger hill to climb at first. So when I told people that I was starting that, they thought I was insane, right? Like who starts a business in an area that they know nothing about? Uh, And I've always just been really confident in my ability to figure it out. So I was like, oh, you know, screw these people. I'm going to do it anyway. But it still hurts, right? Because it feels like doubt in you and your abilities. Uh, And I think it's other people are scared. But it, you know, it can really dig into you. So a lot of my family, I think they were just really worried about, you know, what I was doing and my ability to be stable. Like my entire family has um, been like living a life of service and like living in local or working in local government and just, you know, have pensions and really stable jobs Mm. where, (laughs) you know, it's starting a company is the exact opposite of that. So I think that their fear was really kind of put on to me. And now years later, it's what, 10 years since I started my first company. Now I can see that at the time, it just felt really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, easy sometimes isn't it to get caught up in that and sometimes you, you don't even realize it's someone else's fear but it can be projected onto you right. um, and, and it'll be often be from people who haven't been through that experience it's you know, people sometimes saying don't buy a house and what you should do with a house when they've they've never had a mortgage before for example um and it's being very careful of like who your circle is and who you're listening to to how you do 
set yourself up in the first place so that when failures do come along the line and um, knockbacks, that you haven't got the people there going, told you so, and you just believe it. And in the first instance or sign of a knockback, you go, right, yeah, this isn't for me. I shouldn't have started. Mm -hmm. It's so funny because you mentioned the people that you have around you, and that has been a big point of transformation for me over the last 10, 15 years is being very specific about surrounding myself with the people that are like, yeah, go for it. And how can I help you? Instead of the people that are saying you're going to fail. And that, that can be kind of a painful process. But now I have a group of friends and colleagues who are entrepreneurs and who work in this space, you know, so and I think they're kind of used to my antics by now, too. Like, I take a lot of risks. You talk about uh, mortgages. I'm about to buy what my fifth house in my adult life. Um, I actually just closed on it yesterday. So it's like, you know, now that I've just been living my own life and making my own decisions, they kind of know you got to support me or you're not going to be around, which yeah. is, I don't know, it's a rough way to say it, but it's just the truth. <laughs> yeah. And it, it can be hard sometimes, can't it? You know, I've said it before that sometimes friendships or people that you know in life are a bit like a summer job. They'll, they'll do you well for a certain period of time. But then you you outgrow it or you move past it or you need to to be able to grow in yourself. And um, I had someone tell me once, it's a bit like thinking, who do you want on your wagon in life? As in, when you're going up a hill, who do you want who's going to get out and push the wagon up the hill with you versus just sitting in it going, why is it going so slowly? Mm -hmm. I love that analogy. That's perfect. So with your, with, with I suppose, where it's at now, when you do get knockbacks and, and and things coming up like what's your what's your thought process that goes on like what kind of uh, emotions still come up and how do you rationalize it have you got a process you go through or a way in which you deal with it in that moment i don't know that i have a specific process and it still does hurt i guess mm -hmm. like we recently have had a few clients leave and our sales pipeline has been a little slow and it's hard to not worry or take some of that hard right uh, mm. you know like especially when you're talking about the health of your business and all of the people that you employ uh my worries are a lot bigger now but i also have a team under me that looks to me for guidance and leadership and you know i show them that i'm human but i also have to be strong for them and tell them that it's going to be okay so I think that's a big part of it. I now have just so many people in my life that depend on me that I'm like, you know, I'm just going to kind of pick up my head and go and do this. And I try not to dwell. So anytime we lose a client or anytime anything bad happens, it's like, all right, I get to mope for a little bit. I might feel bad for an hour or two or a day. And then the next day, it's like, how are we going to go do this? I call my business coach and I say, you know, help me make a plan moving forward, or I don't see a light at the end of this tunnel. What do mm. you see? And I think having those mentors and people around you that are going to help you say, this is what I see, or have you thought about this is a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think something that I always think about when I have these moments, and they happen all the time, I think, regardless of of where you get to, as you say, it still hurts. It's not, it's not like people sometimes this perception of when you get to a certain point, you're just heartless in the moment and that you don't really <laughs> care and there's no emotion going on and you're just pure cold and ice and and that isn't the case because if you were that you probably wouldn't be at that point because it to be successful you need that human factor that that human connection in there 
Um, but you might recall uh, a post you shared. A, I know you share a lot of posts. I don't expect you to remember it word for word, but me sharing <laughs> about the 90 second window about stress mm-hmm. around um, what happens when we're in a stressful state and when something happens to us, our bodies release something called cortisol into our system. And what cortisol is designed to do within 90 seconds is to actually bring us back to our normal state. The problem is that we normally react within those 90 seconds, either by saying something or doing something or telling other people that we're stressed or showing it. And therefore, it, it lives on in our mind. It becomes something bigger than what it was already rather than taking stock. So I think you know, one of the things that I try and tell people, and I'm very conscious of when something does happen like that, is just sit with it for 90 seconds, two minutes, and just don't make any reactions, don't make any decisions. Don't start overthinking it because then you'll put yourself into a certain frame and just be and just just see how you feel after those those initial period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that advice. And one thing that you just said really hit home to me is telling other people about it. I find mm-hmm. that it when you when something bad happens and you immediately turn around and complain. Um, And this can be in any situation, right? It can be in your marriage or your personal relationships or with your family or whatever it may be. The more you complain or the more people you tell about it, the more it's going to be brought back up and you're going to have to live through it over and over again. Like I have my people that I talk to, but I wait to talk to them until I can have a good conversation around what's happening. Um, So like my boyfriend or my mom, I talk to her all the time. Uh, And, you know, I might wait a few days and say, this is what's happening. And I'm not worried about it because these are the things I've thought through instead of, complaining and making it a bigger deal than it is. Even in my business, um, I have a no venting rule to me where I don't want people on my team, like my leadership team, uh, coming to me to vent. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. think that venting is a productive habit. And, you know, if they want to vent to each other, they are more than welcome to. And that's, you know, it's not my job to monitor that. But I can't handle venting because when people vent to me, my first reaction is like, all right, what are we going to do about this? And then I want to go make a plan. And then I get involved. And it always ends up worse if I get involved. (laughs) So it's like... You know, uh, when people come to me, I want information about what's going on and I want to understand, you know, like, how do you feel about this? Are you okay? Is there any way that I can help you? And then what are we doing to move forward? Um, I just, I really do not like complaining at all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and to add to that as well, I think it linked to it is, is around perspective and why I think people struggle with knockbacks and things that happen is that in the moment they have this mindset that it's it's the worst thing in the world that you know nothing is going right and without that perspective of taking a step back and going okay hang on a minute let me just analyze this in the big picture Mm -hmm. um they can get caught up in it and you know we've been talking a lot around recently even in the current climate around empathy and being empathetic towards um customers and to colleagues but it's about being empathetic of yourself as well and Mm -hmm realizing that if you were truly empathetic then it stops you getting emotionally attached to the outcomes of the process a lot of the time and what i mean by that is that we we don't get caught up when something doesn't go our way in going oh why didn't that happen why couldn't they just said yes we go actually do you know what this person has been on that journey with me so for example at the moment they've been on those calls with me they've been in those meetings they've had to go and speak to their manager and realize they can't spend right now or they've got 
and budget on hold like that's not fun for them they don't want to do that mm-hmm. and, and just sort of shifting and having that conversation in your head means you're less likely to be disgruntled or frustrated you're still going to feel it but i think you're going to realize do you know what this person's no better off than i am my customer so why am i getting frustrated because this i can't control this yeah the controlling your reaction is something that i've had to work really really hard on i have always especially when i was younger i had a temper and i would react like that you know and reacting it just never goes well and i always have to reel in still to this day i have to reel in my reactions like there was a woman uh, maybe a month ago who was just dragging me on linkedin she did not like something that i posted so she was writing negative things all over my post and then she went to her page and wrote a big negative post about me and tried to call me and a bunch of other people to go comment on it and then you know there was so much that i wanted to say because i don't think that she truly understood the message that I was trying to put out and that, you know, and so I had to look at my message and say, was this clear? Did other people see it this way? You know, is there a point that I can clarify? And then do I even want to address this? And I started to address it. And I was like, I can't even, you know, like there seems to be some kind of agenda outside of just a a civil debate here. Mm -hmm. Um, And therefore I cannot get involved. So where I wanted to react and say, Oh God, she said just terrible things. Like this woman must have grown up with a silver spoon or has a rich husband that's supporting her. And I was like, actually, I'm the first person that went to college in my family. I don't have a husband, you know, like I am the supporter. And I had Mm. this huge list of things that I wanted to say. And then I was like, no, it's, it's not even worth it. And so taking five minutes to reel in those reactions blocking that person and just trying to move on. I mean, it didn't feel great for sure. Um, But, you know, I was able to change my reaction from defensive to just being the bigger person and moving on. And that's something when people say stuff like that, it's like, oh, okay, you know, like easier said than done. Sounds like it's easy for you. It's not easy for me at all. And it's something that I've had to work on. And I suspect I'll have to continue working on my entire life. So I have to be very conscious about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to your point there around continuing to welcome it, I think sometimes we have this perception that we can get to a point where we don't have to, and it just comes naturally. Whereas not everything is going to come naturally to us. We still have to consciously think about those things. And as you said, if that's the kind of how you are in general or a natural sort of behavior, it is something you have to focus on. Whereas mm-hmm. I think some people get a bit frustrated sometimes when they get knockbacks and when things happen, like, oh, why do I always feel like this? Why do I, it's like, well, it's, you're never going to get to a point where it's never going to happen very rarely. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, don't, don't threat too much about what's happening from it. Just focus on, as you said, how you react to what you're feeling rather than what you're feeling. It's so easy to go into woe is me, right? Mm. Why is, why is this happening to me? And you know, I'm a good person and I don't deserve this or my company is great. and We deserve better than this. Um, But it's once you figure out that that doesn't serve you and that emotion and that path that you go down does not serve you, then that's the first step to getting into a better mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think another thing as well around knockbacks and why people struggle with it and some advice is, is a lack of patience. And you can probably see this as well, particularly with things like LinkedIn and where people are, you know, now in this current climate, trying to start their own thing and 
and people are doing things that they haven't done before is that there's that lack of patience that you get a knockback and you think oh you know what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna carry on it's like but you haven't been doing it long enough like that's not mm-hmm. really a knockback that's just a lesson to learn that's in the grand scheme of things coming back to perspective there's still more to do um and I think that's one of the things in this in society of instant everything we've kind of lost the element of patience sometimes as, as a great human quality as to what we can use when we're building something yeah absolutely I actually I had to part ways with <clears throat> sorry I have something in my throat let me That's start right. that over let me start that over again um I had to part ways with a friend last year about a year ago um because he he owned a business at, but was constantly kind of chasing the next thing, right? Like, this is going to be my thing. And this is going to be my thing. And he'd work on it for a little bit. And then he'd be like, ah, this isn't working and then abandon it. And I was always challenging him and trying to do so politely, you know, like, what if you focused and went all in on this thing, instead of, you know, like spreading yourself thin into these 10 different buckets, nine of which probably are not going to work, focus and go all in. And then if you really know it's not working, move on to the next thing. And he did not like my challenges at all. Mm -hmm. And we ended up butting heads a lot. And it was like, you know, this relationship is not super healthy for either of us. Therefore, you know, I don't think we can be friends anymore. So it's, and it's a hard lesson to learn and it's kind of his opinion versus mine, but that it's like, it's like shiny object syndrome to me, you know, like always chasing the next thing to me, you have to go all in and you have to ride the ups and the downs to really make something successful. And I mean, I still own a small business seven years in and it's been a long road to get here. Uh, We are just really on that growth trajectory in the last year, 18 months, but it hasn't been, you know, I could have given up a hundred times by now. And I think most people probably would have. Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned as well about bringing in your sales team and having a, a team of 17 people now. What, what advice would you would you give for people listening to this who might have teams or leaders or entrepreneurs around how they can support their teams when they're encountering knockbacks and that kind of feeling that's going on within their teams? Yeah, it's uh, I, one of the big things that I've had to learn is to listen and not advise. I'm I'm an advisor. I'm always like, all right, what are we going to do about this game plan? How can I help you? Yeah. Um, and I mean, my team has been experiencing a number of setbacks lately where we've lost a few clients or we've lost deals because people are scared to buy right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I think it's hard for me as the person who owns the company, but it's also hard for them because they've put a lot of work into these clients or a lot of time into the sales process and they're getting knocked down right along with me. So I kind of have to come out of my own head where it's like how this is impacting me and the business and look at my team and make sure that they are still mentally and emotionally healthy and give them the leeway and the support that they need to be able to get through it. So I really try to listen and try to give resources the best that I can. Um, This is a short answer. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think I think that's so important, isn't it? Even though, even though you know the answer, and that's the thing, experience can be a great thing. And the things that you've been through, you you might see it with your team experiencing at the time, and think, I know the answer. That, but sometimes it's just having the empathy to listen before giving them the kind of advice or helping them find the way, rather than just coming in and going, "This is how you should do it," because it's how I did it. Yeah, it's interesting. I always considered myself a better 
leader than coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like I'm good at leading a team, but I'm not, have not always been the best at figuring out how to get people where they need to go or, you know, align them with the business, but doing it on their own terms and in their own way. Um, because no company survives with an entire team that just does what I say. Right. Um, I kind of have to give the vision and then let them do the work and then come back to me with what they're doing. And it's a, it's, it's been very interesting to learn how to be more of a coach than a, you know, like, ah, just do this, (laughs) which is kind of my go-to more. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And is there anything else that we, we haven't covered or anything you want to, I suppose, summarize from people listening to this on advice around handling these perceived knockbacks and, and maybe how to view it or how to react to it? Gosh, I don't know. It's when we started talking about this topic, I was like, I don't have a system around this, you know, like I don't have what advice do I have? And I've done a lot of work to get where I am, Mm -hmm. but I don't have like a, okay, every time I experience this emotion or something bad happens, I go through this process. Maybe I would benefit from that. But I think it's just those things we talked about that I learned over time and trying to just set yourself up for success. Like I think uh, you probably saw, I posted on LinkedIn a few weeks ago about not being a naturally positive person. Mm. I can, I definitely, my attitude kind of feeds off of the room. So when I've had teams full of negativity who didn't like their jobs or wherever, whatever it may be, I didn't like my job. Or when my team is not in the right headspace, it's very easy for me to fall in there. So just making sure that I have the right tools and the right people around me um, to be able to have positive, healthy conversations on how to move forward when you get knocked down, I would say has been the biggest tool. And it's much easier said than done. I mean, this is a years in the making process and it's certainly not perfect yet <laughs> nor will yeah. it ever be <laughs> no and it, and it comes back to that piece around patience of anything listening to podcasts like this or videos or people talking is it's it's all very well and it, it you know the people always say it's easier said than done and yes it is easier said than done but to be able to do it you need to have the patience to to try something and just be consistent with it rather than just expecting it to to switch because you've listened to a podcast or you've listened to something motivational around how you should view the world at the moment is that it's habits, isn't it? It's building different ways to react. I think is it you mentioned you're reading Atomic Habits at the moment? Yeah. 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 Great book. Um and I'd recommend any anyone listening to this to read that because there's some real actionable steps into that that kind of underpin some of the things we've been talking about today to change if you do want to change your habits and the ways you react to things or do things. It's a a very practical way of doing it yeah and you know what when i want to change something like that i go all in i don't Mm -hmm. listen to 10 different podcasts on lots of different topics and read a bunch of books i'll say okay i have some habits that i want to change like while i've been working at home for the last five weeks or so i've said okay i think there are some habits that i can improve or there are some small changes i want to make in myself how am I going to do that? And so yeah. I'm seeking out information that supports that. And I think when you can take in that information and act on it just on that one topic, uh, it's a lot easier to kind of let it sink in versus I think a lot of people take in way too much information, mm. right? Like they're constantly reading the news and watching TV and listening to different podcasts and audiobooks and reading books. And it's like, there's, there's no possible way you can do something with all of that information. I try to just take in 
what I can really, you know, absorb and act on, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think if you try and consume too much information, sometimes the more you you try to learn, the less you feel you know in the, the grand scheme of things, which kind of brings in this procrastination and not wanting to start because there's a sense of perfectionism to, to needing to know everything before you do begin. So like you say, it's just more about what do you want like, and, and just start doing it. And then along the way, you can, when you do get to a certain level, then start looking for new ideas and approaches to add to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great. Well, Jackie, it's been a, a real pleasure. Thank you again for, for coming on. Yes, I appreciate you having me. And I love that we, I don't even remember how we met, but have stayed in touch via social media and all of this stuff for years now. So I look forward to continuing to watch your journey. Yeah, thank you. And for for people wanting to follow yours and where it's going from here, what's the best place for them to find you and find out and follow the business? Well, we've talked about LinkedIn a few times. That's where I'm most active. I am the Jackie Hermes on pretty much every social platform. My just Jackie Hermes was taken. So I put a V in front of it, um, which is very fancy. So on LinkedIn, (laughs) I'm the Jackie Hermes. Same on Instagram. That's more my personal life that I post there. Um, Yeah. And then my company is Excelity Marketing. So feel free to check us out. Great. Well, Jackie, thank you again. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Thanks, Chris. Hey people, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to find out more and connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn under Chris Hatfield, H-A-T-F-I-E-L-D, or on my website, www.notanothersalesguy.com. That's www.notanothersalesguy.com. Stay tuned in future for some courses and free content on there as well. But for now, have a good one and I'll catch you soon.